0: Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Father, we're so grateful tonight to come together to receive of the greatness of your plan for these services. Father, your plan for these services is great simply because all you plan is greatness. And so Father, we thank you for the greatness of that plan We're here to cooperate with that, to receive of it, and uh, to carry it further. We thank you, Father, for hearts that are receptive, ears that are open, and eyes that see. And, Father, we're thanking you for the change that's being worked in us during these days of this, this conference specifically. We are changed from glory to glory. Every service, Father, we're looking for change. That we come up in our thinking, come up in our understanding, come up in our believing. And we thank you for that change. And we purpose to not just be hearers of these words, but doers of them. And we give you thanks. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn around and give four or five people around you a great big God bless you. Then you can be seated tonight. Good evening everyone. I am so glad to see all of you here and I so appreciate the ministers who have come in and they're with us. We're just so grateful for those that God has put in our lives. And um, the further we go, the more precious fellowship becomes. Amen. Isn't that true? Amen. It really matters, it matters. who It matters who you're running your race next to. Yes. And it matters to you that the one running next to you is running well.
1: <laughs>
0: Amen. Because it's going to help you run well, and you don't want to you don't want to bring anything but good running to those you're running with, right? And so we're just so grateful. We so appreciate what these services. They're not. Uh, they're not geared as the Holy Ghost meetings are geared. They're not geared as camp meeting is geared. It's geared toward what God would have us to know and further, go further in regarding prayer. Amen. Amen. And uh, turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And we'll start there tonight. Amen. Um, he, he basically gave me this outline several days ago, and I thought it was very interesting because it was back to the basics. Amen. Back to the basics.
1: Um,
0: You know, it's the basic and the fundamental truths that are the most needful. And what we absolutely most often slip up on is the basics. And anytime you find a uh, world-class sports teams, Uh and they're both excellent or they wouldn't be world-class, but somebody, somebody wins. (laughs) Somebody loses. Even at a world-class level. And uh, the reason is, is that the winning team did the fundamentals better. And uh, they, they weren't just interested in the flashy plays. They were interested In the fundamentals that would just carry them all the way from the beginning to the end. And so thank God for, if I could say this, more spectacular spiritual things that may happen. But it's not the spectacular that's going to carry us through. It's the fundamentals, working them every day and having a life of it. And not being, uh, not being deterred if something doesn't look spectacular. Because uh, really, success is locked up in our habits and in the habits of the fundamentals. Amen. 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 You know, um, I was a piano performance major in college. And, of course, you spend hours practicing. But you never, never, never started playing your assigned works without doing your technique skills. The scales the arpeggios, uh-huh. you never performed those. Come on.
1: Right. 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 You good.
0: never went out and performed scales. Right. Right. You never competed with arpeggios. Yeah. 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 But they helped you right. with what you did perform. Those were the fundamentals that made the the performance side work. Yes. It. Yeah. And it's the same thing in spiritual things. There's fundamentals. Right. And we don't want to lose skill. And every day when I started practicing, I didn't—I didn't practice the pieces first that I was going to perform. I couldn't have—I could not have played them right. yeah. until I went through my technique because I had to get the muscles going. I had to get them warmed up. I had to get—I had to get that touch going. I had to get that skill and that speed going so that I could even go and play the things that I was assigned. Yes, yeah, good. And uh, I, could not, I could not just decide on my own. Something would be uh, lost in that practice time if I didn't start with the fundamentals. And so we never get so far in our spiritual development that the fundamentals become second place. They're always first place. They're always first place. And so Luke chapter 11 in verse 1. It reads, and it came to pass that as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh As John also taught his disciples. Now listen to this. Jesus is praying and his prayer life is a demonstration to them. Now these are men who grew up in the synagogue. They were Jewish men. They grew up hearing the prayers in the synagogue. They were not, prayer was not a foreign thing to them. But when they heard Jesus pray, they go, that doesn't sound like anything we've been growing up with. And they no doubt knew how to pray based on what the synagogue taught them. But when they heard Jesus, they go, we need to be taught. (laughs) He's... He's moved into a place we haven't been taught about. He's moving into a fellowship, a way of talking to his father that we don't experience. So they had the wisdom to say, "Teach us to do that," because effective prayer that hits the mark yeah. is taught.
1: That's right. Amen.
0: You are, you, no one will ever be as effective in their prayer life as they could be when they're untaught. Uh-huh. Just taking their feelings to prayer. Right. Taking what they think yeah. about how to yeah. pray yeah. to prayer. Right. I remember years ago, I was, there was a lady that was close to me and she was older. She was uh, well up into her 70s and I was in my early 20s. and um, we, we spent a lot of time together. And during the course of that, I started asking her about, have you, ever, have you ever been born again? And she says, I've got my own way of believing, Nancy. Don't go there with me. Wow. Well, that's fine. But will that way of believing arrive you at the right place? <laughs> and so it's, it's dangerous to have your own way because <laughs> your own way is not going to arrive you at his way. But too many times people almost approach prayer, I have my own way of praying. I have my own way of talking to my Father. Well, that's fine as long as it's a taught way. If it's, if it's got knowledge behind it and it's got revelation behind it because then you're assured of getting results. What we want to get away from is praying to pray. We want to, we want to pray to bear fruit. We're not just praying to pray. We're praying to bear fruit. Amen. And to bear fruit, you've got to be taught. Right. Amen. And these disciples, even though they were Jewish men who had grown up, hearing the prayers that went on in their synagogue and maybe in their own households, when they heard Jesus, they realized, we have never been taught this. And so they said, teach us to pray. Dad Hagen said, and I was reading the quote again recently, he said, the greatest thing anyone can learn in life is how to pray. Because if they know how to pray, no need goes unanswered.
1: Wow, that's good. That's good, Pastor, amen.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now go with me, if you would, to John 17. This is a verse that has been standing out so much to me and God keeps showing it to me in different settings so to speak from different directions but John chapter 17 the 17th chapter of John is simply this Jesus praying so if you want to know what his prayer life sounded like the whole chapter of John 17 is a prayer that he prayed before his exit And I want to read just real quickly what it says in John chapter 17, verse 8. Just the first few phrases. John 17 and verse 8. So Jesus is praying to the Father, talking to him, and he said, For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them. Think of this. I have given unto them the words. Mm-hmm. I've given a, the The best thing Jesus could right. give us besides himself yes. is Amen. words. Yes. Amen. Amen. Why? Because words teach us how to think. Yeah. Words teach us how to talk. Yes. And he said, I have given unto them the words, not just any words, but the words you gave me father. Yeah. So, remember what Jesus said through the course of his earthly ministry I only do what I see my father do I only say what I hear my father yes. say
1: amen
0: so the father's words governed everything he did
1: right. yeah.
0: the most precious thing Jesus received from his father was words right. words, right. words. because He could carry those words into every setting and bring the father's will to pass through words into that setting. The most precious thing to Jesus that he had from his father was words. And he said, the words I have given them, the words you gave me. Think of that. The words you gave me, I've given to them. Meaning this. How did Jesus accomplish what he accomplished with words? Miracles worked with words. Healings worked with words. Demons cast out with words. The dead raised with words. The same words that did those works he gave to us. Meaning this, we should be producing the same thing that he produced because we had the same words. That's Amen. what it means. Amen. But the key here is Jesus' part was I have given unto them the words you gave unto me. That was his part. Yes. Now our part. And they received them. Amen. It matters that we receive the words. Yeah.
1: Amen.
0: And we don't just receive them for emergencies. That's right. We receive them for everyday life. But not only that, we receive them for our prayer life. Our prayer life needs the words that came from God. Because then we're assured of God-like fruit.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Hallelujah. So why would Jesus give us the same words God gave him? Is it enables us to get God's results. You can't get God's result without God's words. And so Jesus said, the words you gave me, I gave to them. Wow. Huge. Huge. Hallelujah. Now, these words, the thing that's so important about these words is words are containers. Words are carriers. They hold something. What do they hold? The ability to fulfill what it says. The power to fulfill what it says. So if it's healing words, there's power in healing words to heal. If it's uh, prosperity words, then there's power to prosper in those prosperity words. There's enough power in every word to fulfill that word. Get that. There's enough power in every one of God's words to fulfill that word. So many times people are praying, God heal me, and he gave them healing words. And they're waiting for healing power to strike them, but the power's in the words. Receive the words, you receive the power. Yes, I know there is Holy Ghost power that comes upon, but there is an anointing on the word of God. Right. Amen. And that anointing works what those words say. Yes. And it's up to us. God, Jesus gave them, but it's up to us to receive them. Yes. Amen. Amen. People Amen. say, well, I receive it. Well, <laughs> that means it governs everything. It governs everything of your life. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So words transport, and they're carriers of power. They're not just audible; something audible. They contain something. They're containers. As we speak and believe the words that He gave, power flows from those words and does the work. I so appreciate. I I preached on this about in in Mark eleven. And tar- starting in verse 12, whenever they came across the fig tree that Jesus went to get figs off and there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. And he said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter. Mm-hmm. He did not, after he said those words, stand there and watch to see. Did that work? No. That's right. Right. Wait, let's see if, mm-hmm. if something happens to the tree.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. He laid those words on the tree and walked off. Yeah. Why? Words are containers. He left what those words contained with that tree, which is power. And it's working on that tree while he goes on and fulfills what his assignment is. This is where many people miss it. They speak healing words and they look and see if their body, did it work? Did it work? I don't know. Did it work? Lay the words on the power. Lay Lay the words on the body. And then go on and resume living. That goes back to what Jesus told the ten lepers. Go show yourself to the priest and as they went, as they went, as they went, they were healed. Why? Because he gave them words and those words were attached because they believed. And did what he said and those words worked on their bodies and cleansed them on the way to the priest amen. I love something Pastor Noel was saying in, in connection with this because that's uh, in preaching that I've taught about Jesus just let, spoke and went on his journey yeah. and then they came back the next day and Peter said look master the tree that you cursed it's withered away well see Peter was amazed at that right. but yeah. Jesus wasn't because he knew what words do
1: amen so <laughs> yes
0: He knew deposit words, deposit words with the need and let the words do the work because they are containers of power. Pastor Noel was talking about um, God, God began dealing with them about a home and they found the home. And the Holy Ghost basically brought that, I don't know if he used that, pas- that passage with you or a different passage, I don't remember, that same passage. And God said, go into that house, they had not bought it yet. And in fact, I think they said that they even had it sold to somebody else, that they had another buyer. And so when they called and wanted to see it, they said, well, the house, is. we already have another buyer. And so they said, well, that's okay. We still want to see it. And they said, okay, it won't hurt to show it to you. So they went in because God said, go in there and leave your words in that house. That's what Jesus did. He left his words with the tree. And Jesus said, the words you, the father, the words you've given me, I gave them. Take your words and leave them with your, with your problem. Let those words, let those words cure the problem. Let those words supply the need. Amen. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 5. Go with me and we'll see this further demonstrated. Luke chapter 5 in verse 15. I think it's especially important for our congregation to pay attention to this because God told this congregation that for 2021 it's a year of what? Say and see. Yes. We need to understand that our saying is containing something. Yes. Amen. Your words are not just some ethereal vapor somewhere that's floating. It They are are containers of substance. It's not a substance that we see in this realm, but in the spirit realm, it's tangible. And it's visible. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. Luke chapter 5 verse 15 says, But so much the more went there a fame abroad of Jesus, and great multitudes came together to what? To hear. What are they hearing? Words. Amen. See, many people just want to come to see miracles. But if you really want something, come for the words. Because if you get a miracle, thank God for a miracle. But once you got it, you got it. That's it. But if you get words, you can produce miracle miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle with those words. So it's so much more important that we understand and have words because they can be spent any time a need arises. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of Jesus and great multitudes came together to hear, to hear. They came to receive words, didn't they? How many times I saw with my husband when we would go to meetings and my husband would announce on the last night of the meetings, I'm going to lay hands on the sick. And that was invariably the biggest crowd. It's not always so easy to get them healed. He laid hands on them. He ministered to them. But why? They came for the healing, but they didn't come for the words in the previous service. So here it says this great multitude came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Oh, Why did they come to hear words? Because their healing was in the words. Yeah. Yes. Their healing was in the words. By receiving words, they received containers that they can kept keep with them the rest of their life and open up that container and pour it out on their need anytime. Amen. So when you receive words, you receive what the words contain. And what did God say? I hasten to my word to what? Perform it. Yes. God lives in his words. God lives in his words. His power is in his words. He lives in his words. His words are him. And when Jesus said, I have given unto them the words of, that you gave to me, huge, huge so statement. Yes. Amen. You say, "Well, I know that I'm word people." Oh, come on, oh, come on. I don't. There's always more to know about what these words that have been given to us, yes. the place they hold, and how to think towards words. Right, right. If we thought right towards words, another unlovely word would never come out.
1: Oh, that's good. Come on.
0: So we can't say, Well, I'm word people, I know this. If any unlovely word ever comes out, you don't we don't think right about words yet.
1: Amen. Very good.
0: Yes, there's your marriage counseling. (laughs) Amen. When we come to the throne to make our requests known, we bring words. If we don't understand the scope and the place of words, then we cheat ourselves of what could be received from the throne. So God has given us words. When Jesus said, "The word I have given unto them the words that you gave me, these words are to be taken into every need, but they're also to be taken to the throne. They're to be brought before the Father. Amen. Why? Because these are the words that get results. <laughs> Effective prayer happens when we pray the word, the words he gave us. So always before you're making a request, find out what he said to you. Then you'll know those words you take to the throne will work every time. time. What he says works every time. Not only that, the written word you have, but there's also the words that can come to you by the Holy Ghost. Take those words with you too, because they will be specific words for what your need is. Don't let go of those words. Your victory is in those words. Your help is in those words. God expects us to remember the things He said to us. Yes. I remember, I, I so appreciate because we've all found ourselves at this at this level or place sometime in our spiritual development. As one minister said years ago when he was younger and in ministry, and he said, "God, you know, I'm 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 just going to spend some time waiting on You to speak to me, and I'm just going to spend some time." And he said he went three weeks, just <laughs> a lot of praying and fasting and reading his Bible and just, God, I am just waiting on you to speak to me. He said, after three weeks, God said, why don't you just do what I've already spoken to you? And if I need to say something further to you, I will by my spirit. So let's just employ all the words Jesus already gave us before getting occupied with whether or not we're hearing. Are we here? I can't hear what the Spirit's saying to me today. Well, say, just know what he said to you yesterday, and it's recorded on paper. And just do that. And if you need more, more will be given. And that's given by the Holy Ghost. Um, I, on occasion, I refer to a book by Richard Sigmund called My Time in Heaven. And I want to read just a a, a paragraph or so from it. He said, talking about his time in heaven. He said, in heaven I saw a building. It was a prayer center. Angels were traveling in and out of the archway at the speed of light. To go through the archway was to go into the presence of God. The angels were carrying golden censers that carried prayers. They held them by the bowls of the censers. The prayers were precious cargo and were treated as such. No prayer goes unanswered. The prayers are brought before the face of God. What are those prayers? They're words. Now, see, we think we're just speaking words that have no substance. But the angels in the spirit realm, they have substance or they wouldn't be able to transport them. In censors. So there's a substance to that. Why? So that when God, Jesus gave you words, he gave you substance. Amen. But notice I, I so appreciate it. It says the, an- the prayers are precious cargo and are treated as such. What's that mean? The angels handle and transport the prayers of God's people with reverence. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's good. These are words they're transporting with reverence. If angels handle words with reverence, oh, come on. Yeah. that's a good yeah. indication of how we God. should be handling God. words yeah. with reverence. With yeah. reverence, yes.
1: yes.
0: Amen. So we need to measure words carefully. Measure words carefully. For it's words that enable us to function like God. God's words enable us to function like God. Now, also in that book, it talks about that angels are with us and we understand that everyone has at least one. Sometimes more based on different reasons. But he talked about that when he was in heaven, he recognized something. That there was an angel that when he was on the earth, he had seen that angel before on earth. And when he was in heaven, he saw what that angel was doing. And he said, as I was there, he said, there was an angel standing off to the side and watching everything I did. And listening to everything I said, everyone has an angel that records everything they say and do, and God knows it. Yeah. Well, isn't that what it says uh, that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, yeah. that everyone may receive the things done in his body? Yeah. Yeah. What are do we doing in our body? Words and deeds. Right, right according to that according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad and he talked about and I didn't want to read the whole section but he talked about how those books that the angels record will again be opened when we stand before Jesus and give an account for our lives and we'll have to give an account of everything recorded that means we need to be sober about these words Amen. amen so this is something that when I talk about the foundational thing, yes, words are the foundational part of prayer. Words. But another thing is how we handle words. That this is, I wrote these notes as the Holy Ghost gave them to me. So this is important to the Holy Ghost. Yes. Don't handle words lightly. When we're praying The word and in line with the words, those words come from God. And that needs to carry weight with us. These are are the thoughts of God. His word is his thoughts, his ways of thinking, his ways of doing, his ways of moving. And these words need to carry weight with us. And then the way we present these words need to carry weight with us. These things, if we could say it, uh, if we understood in the earth the most powerful mm, uh, display of power is nuclear energy, right? Right. You better be dressed right. You get around that nuclear power... You better be dressed right. And you just don't act any way you want around that nuclear power. <laughs> you ha- that's because of the, the ability it contains. They are very, whether they know it or not, they're reverent toward that nuclear power. And I don't mean in a holy way. I mean in a weighty way. They know. You mishandle this. They're not, oh, s- oops, yeah. slipped up. <laughs> yeah. The whole training yeah. that so many of them would go through who are dealing with this nuclear power is simply how to handle it. Right. Right. Yes. How to handle it. Good. Who, can, who can touch certain things and activate and all kinds of things. Let me just say this nuclear power is nothing but a firecracker compared to God's.
1: That's right. That's good. That's real good.
0: That means this as they with reverence have a healthy respect for nuclear power, how much more so? A healthy respect for God's power that is contained in words.
1: That's
0: good. That's good. They're containers. Just like there's. Cont- there's containers that hold that all kinds of man made power. How much more so these words are containers. And uh, I'm thanking God for us getting to revisit that. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That when we take these words that these are words that God created universe with, and he gave them to Jesus. Jesus gave them to us. God gave them also to Moses. He gave them through the different ones who wrote the Old Testament, the New Testament, so that we could move into God's flow.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: So when we're conducting those words and we take them to God, to the throne. We need to have a healthy reverence and respect for these words that will totally undo every work of the enemy. Totally bring into manifestation everything Jesus purchased for us. And we need to have a healthy regard for these words when we approach God. And our approach to him with these words should be reverent. Amen. Yes, he is our father, and we are his children. But that should not diminish honor That's
1: right.
0: and regard That's right. of how we approach him and talk to him and bring his word before him. I mean, Jesus in his own hometown of Nazareth, he grew up with these people. He had neighbors. He had friends. But yet, they lost regard right. and therefore could not receive, mm-hmm. although they knew him. That's right. We can say we know God, but without proper regard and, fam- and with familiarity, we can't receive.
1: Right. Right. Amen.
0: God is our Father and how intimate that place is in our lives, right? That's an intimate place. But in intimacy, we cannot bring familiarity. No. We can't lose reverence and regard for who he is and who we are dealing with. And when we say words, he knows what we're saying. (laughs) I had a very personal exchange with my parents, with my dad, with my mother. They were precious in my life. And we had very personal exchanges. But even in those exchanges, I never lost the revelation that they're still my parents. And I didn't just say anything I wanted to this one I had a very personal exchange with. I didn't, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed by what some kids say to their parents and what some parents let their kids get by with. Yeah. On, but I'm just saying, as, as personal as our relationship was, there was not a familiarity that was inappropriate. You didn't go out and tell household business to neighbors. my, My mother would teach us what goes on in this household stays in this household. You don't go tell your friend. And now today we have people on social media just posting everything. And they're practicing you are practicing disrespect, That's and it right. cannot help but affect
1: wow.
0: how we handle our words with God. Amen. We have to take casual shoes off yeah. of casual feet as we approach God. That's casual, don't fly.
1: That's casual, don't fly. That's Amen. Good. Wow. good.
0: Dad Hagen and Brother Joel made he made reference to it in one of his books, and. Dad Hagen basically made this statement and said until reverence is restored back to the church. We won't have the miracles that we should or could have. In the absence of reverence is also the absence of power. Basically, I one pastor was telling me that his church is in a place where he's got People from all over the country. His area is really a melting pot of the world. And people that have been part of false religions and all these different false religions and people come from these countries and they come to his church, they get born again. And he told about um, one gal who was, she was raised in a false religion, you know. And in her, her heart hunger for answers and for help she was laying on her bed one day and she said god i want to know you and she basically if you're real reveal yourself to me and you've heard you've heard in some of these false religions how many times jesus would appear because the the thread that had run through their family and their history for so long was embedded in false religion and they needed something more than what mainly a lot of Americans may need so so far as that goes and she's laying on her bed and Jesus appears in her room and starts talking to her and she just kept laying on the bed letting him talk to her and in the course of the in the course of speaking to her he saw her continue to lay there and he said is that the appropriate posture for someone who is being met by their king And she got up off that bed and she knelt down. What is this? Reverence matters. And when we're bringing his words, this is a reverent thing. We're, 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 we're carrying his words to the throne. This, this is a reverent thing. And I'm not saying that every time you pray, you have to be on your knees. Paul certainly did. Not every time, but he said, I bow my knees unto the Father of glory. Meaning there's a reverence and a respect that comes with that. But I'm just talking about even when you're sitting. Because really I do most of my praying sitting. Why? Because he's a God of all comfort. And if I'm not very comfortable, my mind is on the discomfort instead of on him. Right? he is the God. He's a comfortable God. He's the God of all comfort. But even when I'm sitting, I sit with circumspect. I don't just casually lay back and throw a leg over an arm of the chair and just sit there and drink something and be, there's, there's a, there's, even when I'm sitting, it's with circumspect. I'm, There's a posture and and don't misunderstand me. Religion tried to get God to bless them by how they held their body. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about uh, when, when we're reverent on the inside it's going to affect how we hold our body. Right? Yes you can be sitting. Yes you can be in a car. I mean they were filled with the Holy Ghost as they were sitting in the upper room. And I have no doubt that God was Allowing that to happen while they were sitting to break down the religious idea that God would, be, God would bless you based on your posture. Right, right, right. But we're not trying to get God to bless us based on our posture. But still when we're reverent, yes, yes,
1: yes.
0: there's a way that we handle ourselves. Yes. Amen. So as we approach God in reverence, so now we've talked about pow- the honor and the power of words of course, certainly we've not explored it all, but just referring to it. And then with reverence, we handle those words, and with reverence we approach Him. One way to be reverent in our approach with His words is expect them to work. <laughs> expect him to work. It's irreverent to take his words and say you're praying to him and you don't expect them to do anything for you. That's disrespectful. It is a faith issue, but I believe faith is also a respect issue. Amen. It's irreverent to approach him and not expect him to do anything in our behalf. And we know Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe. When you pray, believe. When you pray, believe. When you pray, believe. When you pray, expect something. When you pray, know that power is going to go to work in your behalf because words release that power, and that faith that's in your heart takes the lid off of that container of the words. Amen. Amen. When we pray, we must believe things change at that moment. Whether we see them change or not, they change at the moment of words. Faith words. Faith words. And the words God gave Jesus, that Jesus gave us, are faith words. They're not doubt words. They're faith words. Dad Hagen made this statement, and it just stuck with me. And I wrote it down. And he said, "This not many believe they receive when they pray." And that makes us check ourselves. What are we believing when we're? Are we just praying to pray? Are we praying to get results? When we pray, we're to believe power is always released at the moment you pray believing. Always, when you pray believing, power always goes to work
1: yeah.
0: instantly whether you see the manifestation or not power is still moving toward your need every time every time every time hallelujah so again when I refer to John 178 for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me look at this and they received them. How we receive those words determine what those words can accomplish for us. Yes. Yes. The preacher's words are not like your boss's words.
1: That's right. yes. Yes.
0: Nobody else in your life is speaking words that carry the same weight yes. as what those who are preaching the word of God are saying. Yes. Nothing is equal to church. Amen. Nothing is equal to a church servant. Nothing is equal, nothing is equal, nothing is equal. Come on. Amen. So we should expect those words that Jesus gave us, that the Father gave him, we should expect them to do for us and through us what they did for Jesus and through Jesus. That's what we should be expecting. That's right. Because they're the same ones. They're, they're the exact same words. They're not facsimile words. They're the exact same words. It's through words spoken that Jesus, that miracles were worked, healings were worked, deliverances were worked, victories were won through words. We should expect the exact same results. Exact same. Exact same. Why? Same words. Same faith. We have the faith of God. The same faith is mixed with those words. Very good. Dad Hagen challenges us when he made this statement. Since I have learned to pray, I have never had one prayer unanswered. That's a challenge. There you go, baby. Take it home with you. Yes. There's your challenge for 2021. He said, Since I learned how to pray. I have never had one prayer unanswered. How many people had that kind of resolve? Come on. That I refuse to have a prayer unanswered. That's, good. that's, good. that's the resolve that Hagan had and left that example for us. But that's also the way Jesus operated. There was never one prayer unanswered. Amen. We've got to quit being okay with unanswered prayers Amen. because... If they're unanswered, we need, to, we need to be taught something more. Teach us something more. Brother Hagan, they went on and said this. If a prayer was not getting answered, he said, then I started changing. Because evidently, it's on my end, I'm not doing something right. Because power always works whenever words of faith come into play. Amen. Amen. He expected, Dad Hagen expected answers to every prayer. What a a life. What a life. George Mueller, of course, who was a minister that lived in Bristol, England in the 1800s. At the time of his death, there were over 2,000 orphans that were housed at the premises he believed God for. And... um, In his day in Bristol, England, it's reported that there were 250,000 orphans living in the streets at that time. A quarter of a million orphans. And you can imagine the difficulty of that. Because the older kids, they all had to steal to get food. When you're an orphan, no one's handing you food. You have to take it. So you take it from places that aren't yours. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yes. So the older kids would take it from the younger kids beat up the younger kids and you had just a mass problem on your hands. And society started rejecting them because the children became hard and they became difficult to handle because no one, no parental care. So George Mueller stepped into this scene with 250,000 orphans in his city and he started an orphanage. And in his records, he said, I, I have 50,000 answers to prayer. Wow. Every prayer he prayed, he wrote it down. Wow. Yeah. And he said 30,000 of those 50,000 prayers were answered within 24 hours. Wow. Wow. And he said people would maybe think that I give these numbers so that I can boast of the results I got. And he said, I did not record this to boast. I recorded it because God's movement mattered in my life. Mm -hmm. When God moved, I noted it and I recorded it and I honored his movement enough to be able to testify to someone about it. Amen. 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 And that's why we have really detailed records that he could tell you. This is the, third hundred, the 353rd time I have prayed about the fourth orphan house. because he recorded every prayer. Why? He took it like a lawyer. Yes. I'm, I'm laying out my case. And lawyers always get results. I tell you, somebody invited me once to observe, and the, they were lawyer. And they invited me to observe in their court of law, and I went one day just to watch. And I go, "This is the most unimpassioned." Mm-hmm. They just got up with these boring numbers, yeah. and they just read it like right. Mary had a little lamb, <laughs> least white as snow, and it was. I mean, it was it was void of passion. Uh-huh. It was void of any kind of drama. Right. But there was a ruling. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: At the end of this very boring, unspectacular display of knowledge, there was a ruling. Somebody won and somebody lost. George Mueller approached it almost that way. And not, I'm talking about boring and unimpassioned. I'm talking about, like a lawyer, this is based on facts of the word, truth of the word. I present the truth. I get results. Yes, so good. And I saw something that day. The law It's not the most dramatic lawyer that won. It's not the most dramatic prayers that win. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. It's one's based on knowledge, based on the law of the Lord. Right, right. Amen. Yeah. Based on the law of faith, the law of the word, so I would encourage you in 2021, especially to our congregation, a year of say and see, write down what are you saying and what are you seeing. That's good. That's good. Because if you're not seeing anything, go back to what are you saying. And you might, if you don't record what you say, you don't even know if you are gonna see it or not. Right. And how many times people forget what they prayed. You want to know why? Because they weren't reverent with words. They weren't reverent with words. If it's worth taking to the Father, it's worth you remembering. Not just him remembering, you remembering. Isaiah 62. Isaiah 62, verse 6. Isaiah 62, verse 6. says I have set watchmen upon thy walls O Jerusalem which shall never hold their peace day nor night ye that make mention of the Lord keep not silence and give him who God give him no rest till he establish until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth Watchmen on the walls, as Dad Hagen would often tell us, were not watching for the enemy. These watchmen were watching for the fulfillment of the word of what God said about his people. What has God said to you? It's up to you to watch over that to see that it's fulfilled. Why? Because those are words. And those words will be fulfilled if you will expect something out of those words. Amen. Amen. So when it says this, ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence and give him no rest till he establish, until he make Jerusalem. How about the Simons family? How about the Taylors? How about the Smith family? Till he makes them a place of praise in the earth. How about until he makes World Harvest Church? Till he makes H2O a place of praise in the earth. Whether or not the place... That we, our lives reside, become a praise to God depends on are we silent? What are we doing? What are we doing? Are we watching over his words to us to see to it that they're fulfilled? Because we can count on God fulfilling them if he can count on someone reminding him day and night and bringing it before him. Why why would we bring it before him? Because that's how much we believe in those words coming to pass. Amen. 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 And let me just quote it to you, first John 5, verse 14, and this is the confidence. Yes. Yes. I love this 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 verse. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask, if if we ask, see we're we're the variable. If we ask, he's not the variable, we're the variable. If we ask anything according to his will or according to those words, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. I I like reading this verse this way if we ask according to his will and I know that he hears me I know I have yes.
1: Yes.
0: I know I have I, know. I don't have it because I saw it I have it because I know it yes.
1: Amen. Yes.
0: Amen. Yes. I know it in here yes. I know it based on what words I took to him yes. Yes. I took his word to him and he will hasten to his word yes. to perform it yes. amen yes. as watchmen over this era I said, watchman over this era. One of the things I do is I say, Father, there are miracles that belong to this era. I call for them. I receive them in behalf of the body of Christ. Healings that belong to this era, demonstrations of power that belong to this era. I receive them in behalf of the body of Christ. I'm not saying that through me, but in behalf of the body, I'm part of the body and uh, too many times people are asking God to give something and he's waiting on people to receive something.
1: Right.
0: Amen. 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 I want to read something. Um, Stephanie, who helps me at the house, she, gave, she printed this out and gave it to me. It was a prophecy Dad Hagen gave April the 28th in 1983. So what is that? 30 almost 30. years ago. In this... <laughs> Years ago, right. counted at home. 38. 38? Thank you. You get to sit on the front row from now on. 30 something years ago. Dad Hagen says, in this move, in this move, in this move that is about to come, that's pointing to us, it's pointing our direction. And even you're on the edge of it right now. It will not be altogether something new that you've never seen. It'll be a combination of everything you've already seen. Put together and then plus more. Now this is what Ed said. He ministered by the spirit that this last day revival will be all previous revivals rolled up into one. This is basically what he's saying. In this move of God that is just about to spring upon you, there will be a manifestation of casting out of demons you haven't seen yet. Now, some have drawn back from casting out demons. And the Spirit of God said, I began a move along that line a few years ago, and men aborted that move. They mixed some of their own thinking in on it, and they tried to control it and do it according to a pattern. And according the way that we think... It ought to be done. But you haven't seen anything yet of what you're going to see in dealing with demons. For demons are let loose upon the earth. They're going, they're going about as never before. Now, Ed used to talk about this, that there are angels that are held in reserve for the last day revival. He said that they will work, they'll be dispatched to the earth during the last day harvest. That their assignment is for the last day harvest. Well, if that be true? And I believe that's true. Don't you think that the demons would be sure. the same way? Sure. Demons assigned. Right. To oppose that. And Dad Hagen is giving the idea. For demons are let loose upon the earth. They're going about as never before. So the, that means there's more of them. Yeah. Working as never before. Because they know their time is short. And so in this multiplication, this advance of demon activity, there will be the activity of the Holy Ghost. Demons that have harassed men, demons that have held ministries in check will leave. And you have not seen yet what you will see in this area of dealing with demons, casting out demons, exercising authority over demons. And we're about to step into it like you'd step through a door into another room. Secondly, says the Spirit of God, you have not seen the revival of divine healing that you're about to see. Oh yes, you saw those that I raised up. You've seen men and women mightily used of my spirit. I sent them forth as a pilot program to try to train you. But many just looked at the men and lifted them up. And some of them were lifted up in pride and the anointing left them. And some became money-minded and lost the anointing. But there will arise a group in this day that's a brand new breed. They'll not be greedy, of filthy lucre. They'll not be wanting to attract attention unto themselves. They would care less whether God uses them. They would rather God use someone else. And God will not just use ministers. He will use laymen. And there will be a, a revival, a divine healing such as you have not seen in your lifetime or read about or even heard about, says the Lord. And a revival, this is the third thing. The first was demons. The next was a revival with healing. This third thing, he said, there will be a revival of the supernatural in this last day. Not only the supernatural in casting out devils. Not only the supernatural in healing the sick. Not only the supernatural in speaking with other tongues. But the supernatural in the realm of the seen realm. Men will see the glory of God. A cloud will hang over certain congregations. Even the church building for days at a time. And everybody that passes by, sinner and saint alike, will say, Well, what in the world is that? I've never seen anything like that. And there will be in other places the fire of the Spirit. Oh, yes, in the spirit realm, some of us have seen that. In the spirit realm, we've been conscious of the fire of God. But the fire will actually come in a manifestation. And there will be people, sinners as well as saints, that will see fire over the heads of the people. There will be people driving down the street or down the highway and they'll see fire on top of buildings. They'll come and say, what does all this mean? But you see, the Lord will use signs of his presence to bring people in in the last days. Into the fullness of his spirit and into full salvation. And signs, signs, what kind of signs? Now he says the fourth thing. Miraculous things in the realm of the spirit. And then they'll be manifested in the realm of the physical. And the glory of God will fall. And the power of God will be in manifestation. And men will, and women too, will even be transported like Philip was and found in another place. And great, great, great shall be the reward thereof. For the Lord God is the same God today as he was yesterday. His power has not diminished. And his name is still the same. Today he can make the iron axe heads to float. Today he can divide the river just for two men to cross over to the other side. Today he can feed 5,000 with a little boy's lunch. He is the miracle working God. Brag on him. Lift him up. Draw attention to him. Tell about how great he is. Get up in faith. And tell what great things he's going to do. So he's saying, announce it before you see it. That's what he's saying. That's what Maria Woodworth-Edder would do. It's recorded in her book that she went to Denver Uh, Denver, Colorado and she held a meeting in the convention center there it seated about 10,000 people the first night there were 18 people in a a, a building of 10,000 and she preached and then at the end of it she declared the sick will be healed this week, the blind will see the lame will walk, cancers will be healed, tuberculosis will be healed and by the end of the week the place you couldn't hold all the people, why? Because she did what he said here She got up in faith and she said what God was going to do. So he says, get up in faith and tell what great things he's going to do. And he'll move and keep his word with you. Listen to that. Why? If we honor his word, if we reverence that word and expect that word, it's always met with his side. And many shall be astonished. But the greatest miracle of all, is that there will be so many fish caught in the net that the nets can't hold them. There won't be church houses enough to hold the people. For the purpose of it all is that you may be fishers of men. Quit fishing in your own bathtub. There's not any fish in your own bathtub. Go out where the fish are and throw out the net. Not the hook, the net. A hook catches one at a time. <laughs> a net is a, is a gully washer and pull it in and bring them in and the glory of the lord shall shall shine and the end time shall come and you'll stand in the place of ministry that you've not stood in before And you'll stand in the place that's been ordained for you from the foundation of the earth. And if it were told, if it were to be, if it could, if it could, if it could be told you. If we were able to tell you in human language that which will transpire in some of your lives, your mind would not be able to comprehend it. It would almost blow your mind. But you'll see it. You'll rejoice in it and you'll be glad of it. It's just out there a little ways in front of you. Be faithful, be joyous, and rejoice in the Lord always, and he will bring it to pass. Many shall go and tell the story, and his great glory show. The power of God in manifestation shall be the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestation of his Spirit. Into full potential shall come the ministry gifts. Now, did we not hear Ed say that so many times? All the fivefold offices operating at full potential power. Into full potential shall come the ministry gifts, the apostle and prophet, the evangelist and pastor and teacher too, shall flow as one. One body in one spirit shall go forth to conquer, to do his deeds, and great shall be the reward thereof. And now let me give you a further word of wisdom and advice. Being conscious of a mighty move in your spirit. Wanting and desiring to do the will of God, but don't try to do it yourself. Just learn to relax and flow with the Spirit. See, you have to learn to flow with the Spirit. You have to learn not to push and try to make things happen. Pastors, don't try to push. Just learn to relax and flow with the spirit. Don't try to figure it out in your head. What does he want me to do? Just learn to relax and flow with the spirit. It'll take care of itself. You don't have to worry. You see, moving into that place of ministry or whatever it is, whether it's full-time ministry or pulpit ministry or personal ministry or whatever your place is in the body of Christ, moving into that place is fueled by prayer. Fired by the Spirit and ignited with His glory. But you see, if there's no fuel, there's nothing to ignite. You see, it's like the furnace. There's a pilot light there that fires the thing. And then when the whole thing has become ignited, then the heat flows. Can you see what He's saying? Fueled by prayer, fired by the Spirit, ignited with His glory. If there's no fuel there, there's nothing to fire. If there's no fuel... There's nothing to fire. It's fueled by prayer.
2: Yeah.
0: Amen. Words. <laughs> Words. Watchmen. Everything that God said to our generation mm-hmm. through Him and men like Him. Yeah. It's our privilege to take these to God and remind That's Him. Right. Yeah. Remind Him. Right. Don't give Him any rest. <laughs> until he makes us a place of praise in the earth Amen. amen hallelujah stand with me to your feet father we thank you for your word Jesus you only said what your father said How precious his words were to you. That you didn't act on your own. You never acted apart from his words. You showed us how to reverence those words. Thank you for those words. You've given them to us. We receive them. Thank you for words that conduct your will. God's power, God's plan they conduct answers into the life of people thank you for those words yes. let's just raise up our hands and thank him for them Jesus thank you for giving us the words the exact, the same words the Father gave you you gave to us thank you we honor those words we honor what you gave us we will, not, we will not disregard the words just because they may not seem spectacular. They are full of power. They're full of our Father's flow. And we receive received them. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the way we choose to live. Thank you for words. Now, Father, we approach, when we come into your presence, we approach you with reverence. Because of who you are, we worship you because of who you are. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for making us your children. Thank you so much. We honor you. We have, we choose to hold complete regard for you and for your words. We worship you. We glorify you. We honor you. And Father, we, already, we honor the movement you've already had in our lives. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for making us new creatures in Christ. Giving us a brand new start. Thank you for all that we've received. So, so, so many answers that we've received. Healings, provision, victories, clarity, wisdom so much that we've already received and we thank you. Now Father tonight we come together unitedly what an honor to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That we can make a bold approach because of the blood of Jesus we remind ourselves We're cleansed by the blood. Thank you for that blood. Thank you for that name. Thank you for the authority that that name has granted to us. And Father, tonight we come expecting. We come believing words that we speak. And as watchmen on the walls... We're watching to see that what your mind and your heart and your plan for this day and this last time, these last days, that it's fulfilled according to your plan. For our Father's harvest will not be stolen from him, but it shall come to pass. And Father, we have regard for the words that were spoken through the prophet of God. So we just take this this portion that was spoken that belongs to this day we're living in belongs to this era that we're living in and we believe you for the manifestations of casting out of demons that this earth has never seen before we believe for that and we thank you for The name of Jesus that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. That Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father we say and we agree. And we know Father these things must be prayed out. So we don't think that what we say tonight is the end of it. But we're saying we receive these words. So we receive that this era... There will be the greatest healing flow that this world has ever, ever seen. We receive those words. And we lift them up before you and we remind you of what you said through the prophet of God. And you said, believe the prophets and you'll prosper. So we believe what was spoken through the prophet. You also said that there would be a revival of the supernatural in the seen realm. That there would be things that would manifest in this natural arena that is manifestations of the presence of God. We believe these words. We receive them. We receive them in behalf of the body of Christ. And we receive miraculous things in the realm of the Spirit. We receive waters parting. We receive translated bodies we receive any flow needed to fulfill and to bring in the father's great harvest we receive these words in behalf of the body of Christ we receive them we believe them we expect them and we declare they shall come to pass in their fullness And we thank you for that, Father. Now, know this. Anything that is part of your inheritance, you don't have to pray out. just has to be believed and received. But other things have to be prayed out. And things of the last days have to be prayed out. Revelations of the last days have to be prayed out. So these services we could never pray them all out but we're giving you something to take home so that you go home and you it directs you in your praying amen so don't think that anything that's said in this is a completion I don't mean to imply that because there has to be time spent in the spirit amen and cooperating with God not earning it not talking about earning it But we do have to cooperate with that flow. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So Father, we thank, we we purpose. We purpose to take our place before the throne of God as watchmen. As watchmen to do our part in reminding and bringing before you your word. We honor your word. We love your word. We believe your word. We expect the fullness of your word. And we thank you, Father, for it. We give you glory and honor, glory and honor. We praise you. Let me, Brother Philip or whoever, somebody, let's sing something, if you would. We
2: honor your word, we love your word, we honor your word, we love your word, we honor your word, oh it's precious unto us. We honor your word, you watch over your word to perform it. Performing in the earth Oh we love Your word It is a light unto our path We are
1: True Jesus.
0: asked by the disciples teach us to pray one of the things he said in the prayer that he gave them was father your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so that's what we pray father your will for this era done on earth the exact same way it's carried out in heaven amen Let's just lift up our hands and pray a moment in the Holy Ghost. Father, your will. Your will be done in the earth as it is in heaven
3: mancha da bokoriya da bakariya da bakariya da bakaya da goya da bote esete. Oh da da oh da da oh so na ne ne kia na majja kariya the Bokoria da Massa da ete 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 te ete 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 Kokoya assada 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 a sada da sada Manja na kaka da asada, asada. sada assada totoye a da na na bakaye a chariya da osoriya bakaye a so the plan of God, the plan of God, the plan of God in its fullness, the plan of God coming to pass in its fullness. the will of God, day in its fullness, ah, the fullness, the fullness of it, my son, so já tá por cocoa ia namassada da da calle en chiqui ya da mo cocoa cocoa dede dede quilla a anda asa asa a pacha to to a sa da cocoa ya tá Moshé, mange da doko goi Masata da doko ye. Ah, sa doko ye. Ah, sa ye. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father.
0: We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
3: (sighs) Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. We praise you. We praise you, Father.
3: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mas te katabasa tetekiki. Mas te katabasa tetekiki. kikiki atabasa tetekiki. Ba parri atetoko shi kikiki. Ma papari ateshi
0: If you'll remember uh, some of you may have heard the CD that recorded when my husband in the late 70s was at a church out here in California and got told him he was preaching at a midweek service so there was only a portion of the congregation that was there and God spoke to Ed and I believe there was 200 people there and God spoke to Ed and said I want the amount the pastor needs for the building to be received tonight and Ed said to God God there's only 200 people here and I believe what was it 100,000 they needed $100,000 they needed 100 people to give $1,000 in the 70s now today that number sounds maybe different but in the 70s that's significant and so Ed was helping God and said there's only 200 here and said, don't you think it would be better if we waited till Sunday morning when there's more people here? It's not more people, it's power. Right? If the anointing is there, that's the time to do it if there's only two people. If the anointing makes up the difference, right? And I so love that he did that because it it helps us feel at home of why we've done things, you know? And, uh, it told the people what God said and um, I'm telling this for a reason I'll get to it in a minute but he asked for a hundred people to raise their hand and so Ed counted and you've heard the story he said 90, 91, 92 and I mean they did this in less than five minutes it wasn't like an all-service pool and Ed got up and God told Ed, you tell the people that give tonight that I'm going to bless, that my winds are going to come out of the treasury and bless them. My winds are going to come out of my treasury and bless them. So Ed told him that and then he counting 90, 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, around 96, you start hearing it. It wasn't recorded with the church's equipment. They didn't have the uh, recording ability, but a lady brought, had the presence of mind to bring her own little portable tape player, and she recorded the service for her own benefit, but it was caught on that tape. And so he gets up 96, 97, and you can hear, shh, tangibly, you can hear that go through the building. Now. God said to my husband about six months before he went home to be with the Lord. If you will talk more about those angels that paid off your building, they'll do more of it. What what came up to me was that by talking more about that, God will do more of that. Because in that way that Ed saw was everything needed in the wave. Remember the vision he had? He told about the wave he saw the last, for the last day era. And he saw not, as you would see, seaweed and different things in a wave at the ocean. He said in this wave he saw buildings. He saw properties. He saw everything we needed to accomplish the last day revival. The winds that come out of God's treasury is needed to accomplish the last day revival we don't have the means of our own selves. It takes divine help, yes. divine yes. means. Yes. God has ways, And so I'm telling you, this is what comes up in my spirit. We're going to see it. Amen. We're going to see the winds of God come yes. out of the treasuries of heaven Hallelujah. and going to bring buildings, yes. finances, Hallelujah. Yes. We're going to see it. We're going to see it. And it's going to be a show to watch. I said, it's going to be a show to watch. And Dad Hagen, in that prophecy, said, Remember, take up faith and get up and say some things of what God's going to do. Why? Because God meets words, God goes where faith puts him. And if we don't put him in some situations, there won't be some situations that have God's help in, in them. But we're going to see the, tre- the winds come out of the treasuries of God. And they're going to work in our behalf. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm expecting that. I'm believing that. You say, well, I don't believe that. That's okay. Send your wind to me. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we believe it. We receive. We receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We receive it. Now in a, in a service Dad Hagen was ministering. Right in the middle of the service, Dad Hagen quit teaching and started talking to God. And you could tell he was having a one-sided conversation in the sense we only heard God's, uh, his side. We didn't hear what God said to him, but we heard what Dad Hagen said back to God. And he was saying things like this. Okay, we'll do that. I receive it. Okay, all right. I receive that. We'll do that. And then he comes out of that. And he then turns and talks to the people. He said, now God showed me something that we're to accomplish and something to carry out. He said, I do not understand all that he just said. I don't know how it's going to be done, but he said, I don't have to understand it all. I just have to receive it. And he said, I did not receive it with my mind because I still don't understand it. But he says, I received it with my spirit. This is so, so important with faith is that we receive things in our spirit, with our spirit, the hand of faith before... It, when manifestation has has no determining factor for us it's what did God say we receive that pastors that's how we're going to get buildings that's built right. we receive a building when we have no idea where the money's coming from when God pays off homes and we got no idea how he's going to do it we receive it we receive it we receive it we receive it, we receive it. but to receive the manifestation we also have to receive how the spirit will lead the spirit will lead us certain ways and in following those leadings he'll bring us into the manifestation of what we we say we receive but so much of the time people are waiting for God to give them something and he's waiting on them to receive it how do you receive it you say I receive it 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 hallelujah I receive the winds of God I receive I receive the buildings that we need I receive the properties that belong to us. I receive the supply. And remember what Dad Hagan said? Relax and don't try to make it happen. Why? We don't have to try because we trust. We trust that the Holy Ghost is leading us and bringing us into it. Amen. Well, are you helped tonight?